Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome, Traveler's Blueprint community. I am Elliot Shibley, and here with me, as always, is the wonderfully present Robert Demena. Oh, thank you. I am present. So we are doing the Travel Bites episode this week, and as part of that, I will give a brief rundown on the articles and let Bob talk about what's going on behind the scenes. So we have a lot of COVID-related articles because we're in a pandemic. Uh, we're going to talk about new vaccine information coming out of China. It's a fun article. It, just a quick one. Uh, why you should get ready to plan a vacation. And then we've got people faking COVID-19 tests in order to travel. Positive tests, not negative, obviously. And we've got some new information on Biden's plans for COVID-19 on the travel bans and what they mean to you. We've got travel advisors uh, looking at global business travel and whether or not it's going to return. We'll talk about some of that speculation. And then uh, we've got a guy... This is a fun one that we'll end with that lived undetected in a Chicago airport for three months. Yeah, that <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I read that one. It, <laughs> so it's how, fun. How? It's fun. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll, uh, we'll find yeah. out. Right. We will find out. Before we get into the show, though, very quickly, if you like us and if you just like us, like the bare minimum, if you like us and you find this podcast entertaining, please consider, <laughs> I said, I totally just sounded like my daughter when I said, please, please consider us giving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. However, if you love us, we'd be forever grateful if you could subscribe to the podcast and then share some of our uh, video clips, pictures as your story with your friends and family. It goes such a long way in the growth of this podcast, and we would be so appreciative of that. Uh, now, something to transition to. We're going to start a brand new segment on the introductions of our podcasts. It is going to be called the travel tip of the day, travel tip of the week. We haven't ironed that out yet. But essentially what we're going to do is each introduction, we're going to give you a new travel tip. We're going to break it down in maybe one to two sentences only, very brief, and if you want to follow up with that tip or you have additional questions, you can always email us at thetravelersblueprint.com. So expect that in every intro, I guess, from here on out. And let me give this, this travel tip of the week. So this travel tip, travel tip number one, is around Google Flights. So Google Flight Insights has a price graph that will show you the general pricing for flights several months out. You can use this tool to easily review price trends for your destination and get an idea of when flight prices may dip. With that information, you can of course try to book your trip during that time frame. Now, before we get into the show, just a few more things. I want to let you know that we offer video courses that essentially help you plan your trip. Everything from urban navigation or just navigation of cities in general, booking airfare, restaurant and blog research, itinerary layouts, and then a portion of it on the safety, the local norms, and thoughtful travel. You can Which purchase- is arguably the most beneficial portion of it. That's, I think we agreed, like the favorite part that we enjoyed, we had the most fun recording and completing yes. was that section of it. Yeah. Yep. You can purchase this through our website. Uh, we also offer discount airfare savings. We'll essentially help you book your airfare and, and help you save money doing it. So if you want to look at any of those things, you can go to our website under the consulting tab and we'll be happy to accommodate you. I think that's it for the introduction today. Let's just get into the the... <laughs> the, first, the first fun article. Hmm. Yeah. 
China. I'm just going to put it out here now. I will not be doing this. You can make your own decisions. So, yeah, China deploys anal swab tests to detect high-risk COVID-19 cases. Uh, Given the opportunity, I'm going with the one in the throat every time. Yeah, well, the (laughs) the thing to consider here is that it is incredibly accurate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'd rather have an accurate test. An inaccurate test? Are they? I I would. I, I it's just, it's just kind of odd. China is, are they messing with us? Is this real? Are they doing this to see if Americans pick this up so they can laugh at us behind our backs? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Knows? I think it's real. <laughs> but it's an option. It's an option. So if that's something you want to explore, I don't know if it's in the United States yet. But And if, and if you're over 50, you may feel more comfortable doing it. Solid point. <laughs> so our second article is why you should get ready to plan a vacation. And there are a lot of reasons. A, uh, vacations are good for your mental health, which we've discussed many times on this show. And B, people are eager to travel and people have left vacation on the table, not just last year, but every year. And it is good for us to travel. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I did not take a vacation last year until it was the week between Christmas and New Year's. Wow. Yeah. And I think that that really is all the article is on, right? It's it's how great it is for your mental health. They discuss that most Americans don't, not, wait, is it most or, or a large percentage of, mo- of Americans don't use their time off, but those yep. that do tend to admit and come to the realization that they're much happier, all common sense things, especially for those of you listening who are probably already in tune with the importance of travel. But I, I like the idea of for your mental health in a time when mental health is sort of under stress with isolation to be able to anticipate travel and spend some time thinking about where you want to go. Maybe start writing it down, planning it out, deciding on the restaurants you want to eat. I think that could be an enjoyable practice, you know? Well, they've even said planning helps reduce stress as well. So there you go. Just the act of planning for a trip. And it's just one more activity to add to your, your, day your weeks your months because we still make time pass yeah right exactly but the other thing to keep in mind here is that they're recommending that you should get ready to plan a vacation now because there are deals that will likely never be here again because travel companies are eager to get people to come do stuff so flights are cheaper lodging is cheaper tours are cheaper everything is seemingly cheaper yeah but it's just hard. There's too many unknowns, especially now. And as we're about to get into today with the new travel restrictions, there's. It, it, but I think that's the thing. Like there are these deals, <laughs> but these travel companies are providing unheard of flexibility. Okay. So that's where, that's where it will benefit yep. you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you can, you can, it seems like you can plan these trips. You can do all of the upfront. You can actually pay for these. And if something, if the pandemic goes on for another six to 10 months, then you can have that option to push everything back. Yeah, I would say that before you book anything, make sure that you understand the return policy, read through it thoroughly, and know that you can get your money in the event things don't pan out. I've had to cancel two trips now, and now I'm done. I'm not booking anything. I'm waiting, waiting it out. Or use a credit card that will reimburse you. All right. (laughs) Number three, U.S. Travel Association to advocate for travel tax credits. This is interesting, uh, but on the... I think this will be helpful to the general traveler because if you're a business traveler, you're already getting tax benefits, right? You can expense your trip. You can expense aspects of like flights, lodging, food. But now 
the individual American can actually potentially get reimbursed for plane tickets, for staying at a hotel, for staying at an Airbnb. And is that what this means, though? Deducted from your taxes. No, it hasn't been approved, right? The, the no, US no, it's just just lobbying. Yeah, and their argument is that it. one in ten jobs in the United States is related to travel. Mm-hmm. But so potentially speaking, like we could have approval to where I could travel to, uh, let's just say Italy, and then get reimbursed for my flights and hotels and the time and money. I, it would I be a it would be a tax credit. So come April. You could potentially get a right. return instead of paying more taxes. You would get that money back. Something uh, to keep an eye on. The only thing that this frustrates me is that our taxes are already overly complicated, and this just makes it even more complicated. But is this something that'll stick around after the pandemic? Who knows? Probably not. All right. The World Tourism Organization is calling for a vaccine passport. We've already mentioned the term vaccine passport so many times in these Travel Bites episodes over the past few months. It's inevitable. Some people are pushing back. Who was pushing back? I remember reading. uh, It is the World Travel and Tourism Council. They are saying that this process is discriminatory as people that are not COVID positive still won't be able to travel unless they have their vaccine passport. I don't think this is an issue. I think ultimately there will be a vaccine passport issued to every single human the same way we have a passport to travel internationally. Uh, We need to make sure that people are vaccinated and properly protected when they go to a country and properly protected for when they come back. This will help prevent the spread of or prevent a pandemic in the future. It's as simple as that. Right. Yeah. No, that's it's interesting. And it seems like a no brainer. I'm curious to see how this is rolled out though globally, right? Because I'm sure we're going to require, as the United States is going to require proof of vaccination, right? Yep. And I don't know, I don't know how the vaccine is being distributed around the world and I don't know what that process is like or, or how on, uh, on the mark they are, but I would imagine that some countries may be left behind. Like if their government doesn't keep up with the vaccination process to a specific standard they might not have the pop the population may not be vaccinated enough to come to travel to the united states or europe and it may be fall in the government's hands on whether or not the individuals in that country can travel yep well it's already uh i think of the all of the vaccines that have been administered since the start of distribution i think 95 percent have been in first world countries oh wow yeah 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 all right. Well, and yeah, I speaking mean, of travel and speaking of COVID-19 tests, uh, people are faking their own tests. Either they've already had one and they've want to travel again. So they're just using Photoshop or Microsoft Paint to change the dates. I feel like it shouldn't be that easy. Someone, I, I feel like it can't either. I feel like there's got to be like watermarks and government stamps, but who's checking it? Right. And, and it's such a brand new document. Oh, the thing that I, from this article... It can depend on where you had your test. Like there isn't a standard yeah. test document that says you were approved, depending on who did it, when it was done. These documents are changing. There's no standard template. So it, it's easy to get a, you know, a, a test from Connecticut, the document made like different from the, the, the test document from New York and New Jersey and things like that. So I think it's easy for people to fake these. Oh, yeah. yeah. The people checking them don't. Well, just, I mean, you know, just. Just the guy quoted, he said, I just fired up Photoshop and changed the date. 
And fun fact, the document test result was in French, whereas they were in Sweden the day it was supposedly made. And the people checking it didn't see a problem. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. There has to be repercussions, though. I can't imagine it's it has to be a criminal offense of some kind, like endangering people. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. But no, of course, dude, every opportunity has some sort of criminal underground that, that finds this the opportunity in this. Huh. Yep. All right. And now that we have a new president, we're looking at more stricter travel bans and restrictions. Yeah. So he, Biden, extended COVID-19 travel restrictions for most of Europe, the UK, Ireland, and Brazil. He's extending coronavirus-related travel restrictions for most travelers from, I'm sorry, South Africa as well. He's adding South Africa to the list. And he also banned entry for most non-U.S. citizens who have recently been to South Africa where a new COVID-19 variant has been identified. Now, I was just reading yesterday that that variant is now in South Carolina. Yep. We, we have now, in the United States, we now have all of the variants that we know of today. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about this is that there are certain countries, let's say Denmark, for example, that are genoming and sequencing 100% of the tests for COVID-19. So they're looking to see if there are variants popping up in their country. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has tested less than 1% of all of the COVID-19 or sequenced less than 1% of the COVID-19 tests that have been positive. So we don't know to the extent where these variants are. Right. They could they could be more. Like I mean, it's 0.3%, right? 0.3% of all the tests in the United States, and we're one of the highest countries with rates and yeah. numbers. Yeah. No, and uh, by the time they find it, you know, they identified this South African variant in in South Carolina. It was probably here what, much longer yeah. than that. Yeah, much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, uh, Keshler, Keshler Tybert, who came on the show a while ago, he's been on a few of our travel roundtable discussions. Um, he had some, we've been chatting with him back and forth, and he actually provided some great input is that even travelers that have been vaccinated already, either gotten their the one shot from Johnson & Johnson or whoever has the one shot, and then you've gotten both shots from either Pfizer or Moderna, you still have to have a negative test result to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what? This is in regard to Central American destinations. It may be adopted in Mexico. And there are, what is that, Hawaii? And how do you pronounce that? Mauritius. Mauritius. Where is Africa? In Africa. Okay. They're allowing COVID vaccination documentation to forego testing and quarantining. Yeah. But that's, that's only a few. That's what? Three places so far. Yeah. I, he, he's been up to date on this and we go back and forth together and have, have discussions on just generally what's going on. This is a, a big part of his life and he's not very optimistic. Um, in my discussions with him, it's getting harder and harder for him to find places where people can still go. People were flocking to Mexico for a while as like the safe haven Americans anyway. And I don't think that's going to be the case. It's not going to be as easy for people to do that moving forward. And so I think this summer is going to be, we're going to be stuck in the United States again. I think so too. For the most part. Yeah. Yep. Now the, the Biden administration is saying that they're going to try to have the entire population or, you know, as many as they can actually do by the end of the summer. 
So we may be in the clear by September. That's like, Maybe. I think that's the, their, their goal. And it might be. I think that's best goal. case scenario. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but, I mean, that's great though. At least we have something to look forward to. And then, yeah, expect that the goalpost might need to get moved one or two times, but yeah, we're getting there. Yep. Also, uh, the Biden administration officially mandated that people are required to wear masks on planes. Before it was just a federal, it was not federally mandated. It was just a airline by airline basis. Yeah. And this shouldn't be too. Yeah. It, it shouldn't change that much, but now you actually can get prosecuted for it. Yeah, that's tough. And the thing that I kept seeing, you know, little kids, it's hard to have them wear their masks for however many hours. And having a kid, it's something that if I had to fly, I would have probably really sweated, you know, and, and worried over. But I, I don't know how you handle that. Um, I mean, you just I just don't I, travel I, during a pandemic with yeah, a kid. It's tough. I mean, I guess to me, I see it as if your kid's able to keep their clothes on, they should be able to keep their mask on. Yeah, I mean, I think that in theory, it makes sense, but it is, um, it's, it's, it's hard Yeah, to have a piece of cloth over your face. Because even for adults, adults are complaining about it being uncomfortable. And that's and why that we're stuff. probably and... the worst country in the world for spreading it. <laughs> right. All right. So number seven here is whether or not we're going to continue this conversation, we're going to need to get a negative COVID-19 test aboard flights within the U.S., even if we have the vaccine and there are a lot of things that go into this and Bob, why don't you get us started? Yeah. With what the seven things that we need to know. Yep. Yeah. So like Elliot said, expect to have a negative test to fly in the country moving forward. And so this article pointed out seven things to know about the new COVID-19 test requirement on flights to the U S so, or, and in the U S so yes, U S citizens are subject to the new rules, no, you aren't exempt if you've had a COVID-19 vaccine. That's big. That's really big to note. Yes, you can avoid a test by submitting two things before your flight home. A test results that show you had COVID-19 within the past three months and a note from a healthcare provider or public health official that states that you have recovered and have been cleared for travel. Uh, another thing, no airlines won't be testing you when you arrive at the airport for an international flight to the U.S. Travelers are on their own to obtain the required test, which must be taken no more than three days before your departure date. Yep. No, you do not need to get a test before your flight out of the U.S. if you're headed to certain destinations, including Mexico. And lastly, Yes, airlines are trying to make it easier to stay up to date on new COVID-19 travel restrictions and organize test results and other documents while avoiding log jams at the airport. Yeah, do you have any input? Anything? I mean, that's that's all pretty pretty it's self-explanatory. All, yeah. The one thing that, that I found interesting is so no airlines won't be testing when you arrive at the airport for an international flight to the U.S. I thought, you know, earlier on, I was expecting airlines to sort of pick up the testing Mm-hmm. and do it on their own and maybe it, have someone there administering tests. That's We, we mentioned that as a possibility and it, it appears that that's not going to be the, the case. Yeah. It seems like it's it's kind of hard to do that, especially mm-hmm. if you don't... I mean, airline staff are not medical professionals. I, I was thinking maybe they would have medical professionals, you know, man certain areas. Or I, I didn't know, you know. Yeah. It, but yeah, doesn't... So this next article picks up on our conversation from last week or rather last month, about global business travel and in-person events. And I think Bob and I had a little bit of a discussion back and forth 
Uh, I think Bob was more pessimistic about global business travel. I was a little bit more optimistic mm-hmm. and in a way playing the devil's advocate because I think business travel, while I don't think it'll ever be probably ever be the same as it was prior to the COVID-19 pandemic due to Zoom and conferencing and being able to do, you know, things internationally without having to travel internationally, I think it will pick back up. I think people enjoy the face-to-face interactions and being able to go out and get a bite to eat, even if it's local or just flying from New York to Chicago. Yeah, I think it'll pick back up. I agree with you. I don't think this is saying 2021. I don't agree with that. I don't think it's going to happen this year, maybe a little bit, but why would it still doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, I know that the article that a lot of the people quoted in this article are the ones who are running the businesses that want people to get back to work. And so there's obviously a bias there, but why, why are we in a world that makes it so easy to work over Zoom? going to rush anything like especially now we're in the home stretch yep Uh, no and and i agree i don't think it'll necessarily be end of 2021 that we're back to any kind of semblance of what it was for global business travel but i think 2022 is probably a better outlook on maybe getting back to like 60 percent of the level we were at in 2019 Mm -hmm. i hope so i hope so there's so many people jobs and companies relying on business travel to get back to normal I, i and I loved it. I loved traveling for business when I did it for a few years. It was, it's great. It's great. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. All right. And the, the last one, which is probably the most fun one, is <laughs> this guy, this Californian man, uh, was scared to go home because of COVID. So he lived in the O'Hare airport for three months. We have speculated about this uh, since the beginning of our podcast, like, because, you know, with so many people coming in and out of airports, with there being so much changeover that you could theoretically live in an airport for a time being. You right, you have everything you need. You've got outlets, you've got a bathroom. Sometimes some airports have showers and there's always People sleep food. all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, you can sleep on the floor in an airport and no one even notices. It's so easy. This guy is probably incredible at hide and go seek, right? Like I think that has to be one of the best. And so he's 33 years old. He was finally arrested in the airport when I, I guess they started to catch on to him. People started to notice that this dude was just walking around. He ended up, he stole someone's badge in October and was using that to go through security points and security areas. This is a major flaw. Like this is a big deal for Chicago O'Hare. Like they need to figure this out. I'm sure a lot of people uh, are having awkward Uh, discussions with their bosses now and someone is going to take the blame on this so what it was so he's 33 he was arrested and with impersonation in a restricted area of the airport and theft of less than 500 dollars i don't know what he stole um he is alleged to have lived undiscovered in the airport security zone until his january 16th arrest so from october to, to january he was in there um yep and, and something that I read, like he was getting food from passengers. I don't know. I, was he begging? I, I don't know how. Maybe. Uh, yeah, he must have been. He, yeah, I he don't probably know. probably did a few like trash can dives or something. <laughs> Dumpster that's, diving. That is really, so, that's. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Well, and the result of this is that he he has bail set at 1,000, and he is not allowed to re-enter the O'Hare airport. Man, I say we get him on the podcast. Let <laughs> me get an airport for experience. three months. Yeah. I don't. I don't think people would. I don't. I think people would love that episode, but I don't think uh, officials would. <laughs> talking about how no. he did it. <laughs> No, yeah, no, that would be they. The Chicago probably wouldn't like it. It would be really interesting though to see how he lived his day to day and get an idea of what he did. How did he pass the time for for three months? And Who and knows? did you? I don't. There's I, a lot I don't of remember, TV. I don't. I don't remember if you said this, but the reason that he gave was that he was scared to go home because of COVID. Did you say that already? I did, but I did. I still okay. don't understand yep. it. No, I don't understand. If you're in an airport, you're more likely to be. Yeah, one of the most populated places. I mean, not during COVID, I guess. But hey, you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. So now we are getting into our episodes for this month. We have two guests. Nicola, who is talking about his photography of cultures in transition. Our conversation kind of jumped around a little bit, but he is a really interesting fellow. And Mm -hmm. he's stationed in Bali. Uh, It was a great conversation overall. And then we've got Matt Waugh on. This is our second conversation with him. Our first one was trek hopping in Peru. And looking at the Andes, this is going to be trek hopping or trekking through Colombia with his new company. And it's it was a really interesting conversation and made Bob and I really want to go. And mm-hmm. then our last episode of this month is another travel roundtable discussion on travel etiquette and mindfulness while traveling. It was a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, that was a that was a great, great, great conversation. Yes, it was. Yeah, what, that was with Amanda Kendall. It was Leah, Leah, Amanda, Tasha, and Ian. Great, yep. great panel. <laughs> Some really good stories were shared on that one. Oh, so good. So that's a yeah. Look forward to that one. Okay, yeah. If you like this podcast, again, just think about giving us a rating or or um, commenting, whatever it is. Just engage. It it goes a really far away uh helping promote the podcast and we will respond we want to hear from you we're we love talking about travel obviously and so if you (laughs) engage us in a conversation we would be more than happy to discuss that with you uh if you want to support us in a financial way you can donate as much as one dollar a month or as little as a dollar i'm sorry as little as one dollar a month one dollar a month not a lot of money uh, through Patreon, and it just it, it would end up funding our software programs, our uh, hosting services, all the things that we pay for to keep this podcast running. You would just essentially contribute to that, and we would be obviously incredibly grateful of that. So, either way, either way, thank you for listening. We appreciate you as fans of the show, and tune in next week for our next travel podcast. Love you.